God spoke these words over Joshua in chapter 1. It says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. I, I think... As the book of Joshua started, before we get into chapter 3, there's many reasons that, that God probably spoke these words over to Joshua on that day. But what do you think the number one reason was? What do you think the, the number one reason God spoke these words to Joshua? When I had young kids, uh, I, I remember one of them yelling out and calling for me in the middle of the night. And I remember getting up and going to the room and, and saying, what's wrong? And they'd say, Daddy, I'm scared. <laughs> and what's the first thing as parents we'd say? I said, oh, oh, honey, don't be scared. There's nothing to be scared about, right? Did that ever work? Probably not, but we said it. And then we would turn on the lights, and then we would look under the bed, and maybe we would look in the closet, and then we would pray with them, and then we'd tell them everything's going to be okay, and then we would sometimes lay down next to them until they fell asleep, and then we'd wake up, and it was 6 o'clock in the morning, and we were still in their bed. But we did it all because the fear in their little eyes and that tremble in their little voices. And we wanted to communicate to them that everything was going to be all right. You see, I think the number one reason uh, that God spoke these words over Joshua and told him, do not fear, was because God knew he was afraid. And wouldn't you be afraid? Your, your mentor had just died. You're really, really young. You got over two million kind of grumpy, complaining people that you have to take from here to there over the Jordan. You're inexperienced, and yet God has given you this task to do. Cross the Jordan and get into the promised land that I promised you. I think I would be a little fearful, even if you wouldn't. And here is the definition of fear. It is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, pain, evil, and I love this, etc., I guess you just throw everything else in there. It's impending danger and pain and evil and et cetera, where the threat is either real or it is imagined. So now, comes, so now God comes in and he commands Joshua for the second time. Chapter 1, verse 9, it's going to be on the screens. Have I not commanded you? Hey, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You see, this conversation is wrapped around something that is absent, and it's wrapped around something that is present. The reason God talks about fear is because Joshua is fearful. So he says, hey, be strong and be courageous. But I love what Erwin McManus says. He says this, courage is not an emotion. It's an action. When you live by fear, you feel what? Anyone? Fear, right? And when you live by courage, guess what? You feel no, fear. <laughs> you didn't expect that, right? You think because you have courage, you don't feel fear. But when you live by fear, you feel fear. And when you live by courage, actually, you feel fear. So if you feel fear with both, why don't you just live with courage? See, the space between you and God, the space between the person God wants you to be and who you are, many times, if we're honest, that space is just filled with fear. Erwin's wife, Kim, asked him a question as they were on their way to the church. She said, what do you think people are so afraid of in this season? Are, are, are they afraid of death? Are they afraid of getting sick? And everyone keeps talking about the end. 
the end of things? When is this pandemic going to come to an end? When is the end of quarantine going to happen? When is the end of masks? And some people think this is the end of our freedom. Some have said this is the end of the way of life as we know it. And he said, isn't it odd that we want to know the end of things that we cannot control? And 2,000 years ago, the disciples were having the same conversation with Jesus. They said, hey, Jesus, when is the end? When is it going to come? And he said, I have no idea at all. (laughs) And I don't know about you, if you're following Jesus, and he says, I have no idea, I'd be a little bit scared at that point. The man you're following says, I don't know. But Jesus went on, he said, I don't know, but my father knows all of that. And then he said, this is really the wrong question you should be asking. Stop asking, when is everything going to end? And start asking what you should be beginning What you should be beginning is more important than when's everything going to end? And many times we can't control the circumstances or the situation or the outcome or the end of anything. And instead, it just actually controls us. Yet the one thing we can control and work on, and for some, end, is the fear that controls our lives. But many times we don't ever seem to face that. But Joshua... I love it because he he faces fear right in the face. And today God wants to teach you and me how to do the same. How to navigate through fear and not go around fear. And actually how you can live a strong and courageous life in Jesus Christ. And I just believe what you begin today will shape who you are tomorrow. So Joshua chapter 3, the beginning of the story, they're about ready to cross over the Jordan. Think about it. 40 years, people had died, ancestors had come and gone. Now a new group of people were ready to go. And here we were, Joshua 3, verse 1, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites, they set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. So think about it for three days. They're hanging out on the shores of the Jordan. They're watching the rushing river come by. And after all that they had been through, I'm guessing there was one question that maybe came into their mind. (laughs) How are we going to get over there from here? How are we going to cross over? How are over 2 million people and all of our possessions and all of our livestock, as they're standing on the edge of the Jordan, how are we going to get from here to there? And humanly speaking, and from their trek record, I bet they started to fear I bet they started to fear what they couldn't see and what they couldn't control. And I'm going to guess that the promised land didn't look very promising in that moment because they couldn't see how they were going to get to the promised land. And they still had to face their enemies when they did. So it continues on. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. said, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your position and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, concentrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. The first thing the Israelites had to do was to step out and trust God was leading them into the promised land even though they couldn't see a way to get to the promised land. The first thing we have to do when we face our fears is to step out. We have to step out. We have to step out and and trust that God has a way and a plan and he is in control or he is not. God was preparing his people 
He was about to act in a miraculous way on behalf of his people, but the people themselves had a part to play. That's why Joshua told them, you need to prepare yourselves. You need to sanctify yourselves. Tomorrow, God will do a work and a miracle of wonders among you. And for some of us, I'm just going to guess that we probably in life have been walking blindly and maybe without God leading us for some time now. And we all just need to understand to face your fears, you have to put yourself face to face before God. You have to get into his word so his strength and his power and his ways can actually get into you. That's why in in January we came and we said, hey, um, together we're going to walk through the Bible. And we're going to walk through the Bible and we gave you an app and it's going to be on the screens. And if you haven't started, I would just want to encourage you that the greatest way to know God and be with God and be centered around God is that you are in his word each and every day. And this app right here is a way for us uh, Nikki Gumbel, a pastor in, in, in London, uh, he and his wife wrote devotionals that go along, and we walk through the Bible, and we're going to do it for 365 days, and we're going to walk through the Bible together. And the reason we did that is because we wanted the Word of God to get in you, and you to understand that you can't step out unless God has gone before you. He is preparing you for what is to come, and the only way you can be prepared for what is to come is to be in relationship with Him. And when you walk through a crisis, Remember, the Lord just, he provides the light you need, just enough light to take the next step. And honestly, the scripture tells us that's just enough light many times to see us through. But you have to see him through his word before you will ever see your way out to the other side. In Exodus chapter 13, verse 21, when they began their journey out of Egypt, here's what it said, by day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or by night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. See, you want to get out in front of your fear? You want to have peace in your circumstances? You have to get God's word into you so that God can go before you in whatever you're about ready to face. During the Civil War in the town of Mooresfield, West Virginia, it was on the dividing line, and it seesawed back and forth between federal, excuse me, federal and Confederate troops. In one old house, which still stands today, an elderly woman lived alone. And one morning, Yankee troops stomped up onto her porch. Though at their mercy, she remained calm, and she invited all of them in and seated them at her table. She made them breakfast, and when it was set before them, she said, It is a custom of long standing in this house to have prayers before we eat. I hope you won't mind. And with that, she picked up the Bible, and she opened it randomly to Psalm 27, and she read these words. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even though I will be confident, teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong 
and take heart and wait for the Lord. When she finished, she murmured quietly, let us pray. And as she prayed, she heard sounds of shuffling shoes. And when she ended with amen, she opened her eyes and the soldiers were gone. Her lack of fear had made them fearful of lingering around her anymore. See, Israel would accomplish this impossible task as they stepped out. And they set their eyes upon God's presence and consecrated themselves for what was before them. You understand what was about ready to happen was a spiritual battle. It wasn't a physical one, right? So they needed to be spiritually ready for what they were about ready to face. And I've just noticed in life, so many times in my own life, I have fought the battles with the wrong weapons. Because I fight with the wrong weapons because I think somebody, some human being might be my enemy and I'm fighting with the wrong weapons. When Ephesians, Paul says in chapter 6, verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. You're fighting a battle against the enemy and the enemy wants to take you out. And he'll use anybody and anything and any circumstance to do just that. But you have to understand, you are fighting a spiritual battle all the time. And he comes and he says, hey, let's make sure you understand what battle you're fighting and what weapons you need. And some of us have to step out and let God take control. See, when you set your eyes on the Lord, it sets you up to see the Lord work in amazing ways. Joshua says, hey, I want you to set yourself apart for God. And when you step out with him leading and you face your fears, verse 5, tomorrow God will do amazing things among you. See, what you begin to do today will shape who you are tomorrow. One writer said it this way, it is because we lose sight of a God who can do the incredible and the impossible that we meet frustration, futility, and we actually then fall into fear. So, verse 6, Joshua continues, he says to the priests, hey, take up the Ark of the Covenant. I want you to pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up, and they went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I am with Moses. Isn't it awesome? As they were preparing themselves, God was preparing a way for them. Not only that, he was getting ready to exalt Joshua, this young leader, where they would begin to see him in a different way. See, he gave them a leader in Joshua that he saw things that they could not see. And Joshua saw his circumstance through a divine viewpoint, not a human viewpoint. And they stepped out, and they met God, and God exalted Joshua at just the right time. So to face your fears tonight, with God in charge of your life, you have to step out and then step in. Step in. It continues. Go down to verse 13, if you would. And as soon as the priest who carried the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan... Its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Think about that. Isn't it interesting that God didn't hold them back from the flood? He didn't tell them to go around the river, to go around the problem. The people didn't actually choose to retreat backwards. 
No, God asked them to trust and believe and follow the leadership of Joshua. And here's what he said. I need you to actually step in to the water. I want you to step in to this rushing water that was really at high tide. That was really, it said, in high tide, it was over a mile wide. I need you to step foot into the water that's flowing downstream. And when you step in first, then guess what will happen? Then I will cut it off and it will stand up in a heap. See, here's what he was saying. I need you to step in and trust that I actually brought you here. I need you to step in and trust that I will keep you here. And I need you to step in and trust that I will get you over there. I just want to tell you tonight, you, you might not ever see the power of God if you just hang out on the shore. You might not ever see the power of God if you stay near the water, but you don't step into the water. You might not ever see the power of God work if you don't step sometimes into your fear and face the fear that is in front of you because God actually wants to work through all of those fears and all of those circumstances and all of those things that you look as obstacles and he just looks as opportunities. And he tells the Israelites the same thing he says to you. He said, hey, this is a participation thing. It's not just about me answering all your prayers. You got to step in and you got to do something. And guess what? When you step in or step out, I show up. And that's when I begin to do amazing things. Because it is by faith that we walk, not by sight. And tonight, some of us need to step in to what God has been calling us to do. Some of us have stayed out on the shore for way too long. Or we've sat in our comfortable seats for many, many years, and we've never, never branched out to do something for God. Even though he's called, even though he's whispered, even though he's asked. And many times, guess what keeps it? Keeps us from doing it. We're scared to death. We're scared to death we might fail. We're scared to death we won't be enough. We're scared to death something might happen. And God just says, just step in. We do this thing called uh, rooted. You've been around here for a while, you know, for the last three or four years. Uh, it's a 10-week experience designed for everyone. And really, Rooted is about transformation and life change that can happen in community with other believers. That's really all it is. It's a place where you can be authentic and honest where you're in community. And wherever you are in life, it's about a deeper connection with God, the church, and our purpose. And we've had, uh, in the last four years, over 4,000 people go through Rooted from this church. And I believe, because I've watched it, it can change people's lives. Because you are engaged in the Word of God with God's people. But you have to step out and step in. A guy by the name of Jillian, who became a believer recently, he wrote this and he said, hey, rooted for me, if I'm being honest, wasn't something I ever pictured myself being a part of. Before joining Rooted, my church life was very basic. I came in on Sunday mornings. I stood quietly during worship. I vividly remember the day that Jen was doing announcements. After she did the announcements, I listened to the sermon. I rushed off to get the kids as soon as the last worship service came on. I just attended. But as Rooted was happening, I sat back and my wife looked at me when Jen said and talked about Rooted. She casually mentioned in that moment that she signed me up. I sat there with a blank stare and I said, I guess I'm going to be a part of a church group now. After going through the motions of meeting people I never thought I wanted to meet and never wanting to share my story, it started to hit me how real these other people were how relatable their stories and struggles were. 
I had never experienced honesty and openness and just pure, raw honesty of people's lives, especially from people I didn't even know. So having this space with small groups and allowing God to move has changed my church life, it's changed my marriage life, it's changed my dad life, and it's changed my personal life. He said, before Rooted, they just felt like separate lives. So God has worked in me to make Christ the center of all my life. I don't know about you, but some of you tonight need to take a step out of the seats and just step in. And our next step here is Rooted. And we start up our classes next Sunday, January 30th from 1030 to 1215, or Tuesday, February 1st, in person or online. Our next Thursday, we've got a bunch of men's groups that are starting from 7 to 9. There's multiple opportunities for you to get involved. And I would love for you to go to the website that's going to be on the screens and just, it's rooted. It's our website. It's friends.church, I think, backslash rooted. And um, you can go there. See, I was right. I know that website. So that's awesome. You can go there. But some of you need to step in. And you need to take a next step with Jesus. So we step out. We step in. And then the third one is this. We step up. Verse 14. So when the people broke camp... To cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. This is awesome. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan, their feet touched the water's edge. The water from upstream stopped flowing. Man, there's so many places in Scripture I wish I would have been. And this is one of them. Can you imagine, right when they stepped in the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Think about that. At flood stage, a nation over two million people, God was glorified, Joshua was exalted, Israel was encouraged, the waters parted, they stepped in, and they crossed over. What a moment. And for a believer today, there's a symbolic crossing of the Jordan that represents passing from really one level of the Christian life to another. It's a picture of entering actually into spiritual warfare to claim what God had already given you. It's a picture of us stepping in and partnering with God and allowing his Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us and direct us. And although, let me just tell you, there's been many times in life I've had fear. I just keep stepping, as I told you a couple weeks, I just keep shoveling, I just keep picking it up, and I keep stepping towards Jesus because I have just come to understand that it is the greatest place I can be, not the safest place I can be. I was told as a kid that the safest place to be was in the center of God's will. I can tell you that's not true. Is God safe? Yes, it is. But let me tell you, if you want to be in the center of God's will, it's not always going to be safe, and it's not always going to be comfortable, and it's not always going to be easy, but it is going to be the best because it's where God shows up, and he meets you in your hurts and in your pain and in your fear and in your struggle, and then you get to the other side, and you get to see victory. But if you stand on the shore and you never get in, you don't get to see any of that. And God's calling us tonight to step out and to step in and to step out. My dad, who would have been 90 last week, he uh, was a leader of of worship. He was a plumber by trade. He owned a plumbing company. But he led worship at at our church for 30-something years. And he would get up and he would sing this song. And some of you might think it's a little corny. 
Some of you might not believe it, but I would just want to say, if my dad were here today at 90 years, here's what I think he would tell you. This song is true. God has proven it in my life over and over and over again. And I remember my dad would get up, and he could get through the first line, and then he would start crying. So if you want to know where I get my crying from, it's from my dad. But he would say, you got any rivers you think are uncrossable? Got any mountains you cannot tunnel through? God specializes in things thought impossible. He'll just do what no other friend can do. I just want you to know tonight, wherever you are in life, God is standing on the shore of your storm. He's standing on the edge of your fear. And he's just saying to you tonight, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Our worship leader, David Galton, um, his father passed away, and we did his service this morning here. And as I uh, listen, at multiple people come up and, and speak, he was a superintendent of a denomination. He came to faith a little bit later in life. But as they talked about Gary Galton, they talked about faith. They talked about this man of courage. They talked about this man that, that loved Jesus with all of his heart. His three kids are all in ministry today. And as I got up to speak, I just said, you know, um, if you want to know about Jesus or if you want to see Jesus, you just saw it in the last hour. It was evident in who this man was. It, it just was evident. And he started attending this church about six years ago, and I got to become um, his pastor as he kind of was retiring. And we had a few conversations behind the scenes about what it's like to be a pastor. And I can just tell you, the fear and the pain and the trepidation and the things that that man encountered in his life were real. But his faith was so much stronger than his fear. And he was a guy that just kept stepping towards Jesus. Tonight, I think that's the call for every single one of us. You got to step out. You got to step up. You got to step in. So let me just ask you a question as I close. Are you letting the enemy write you out? of the story God has for you? Think about it. Are you letting the enemy write you out of the story God has for you because fear has captured your heart and not God? Second question, what, what, what's God asking you to let go of tonight? As you stand on the, at the edge of the water and, and you're looking, some of you have some things that you're just so fearful of. Some of you have some things that, that, have, that have held you back. And tonight, in our series, we're just really talking about letting go. What is he asking you to let go of so you can actually grab a hold of him? And you can actually believe in the promises he has for you. In short, letting go and choosing faith over fear is this. Just don't try to control things out of fear. You guys know you're not in control anyway, right? <laughs> Neither am I. 
But what if you started to entrust God in the uncertain things that you can't control? As Jay said earlier, except that there are some things that you're not going to be able to control, but if God has given you control over something, act with courage and with righteousness. But if you don't have control, Scripture tells us to fear not. And some of us tonight at the edge of the Jordan, we just kind of need to let go. And God's actually asking us just to step out and step in so we can step up for him. Man, I love doing funerals like I did today. Because I don't have to get up and, and try and make up something nice about the guy. I don't have to, to look around and, and try and figure out what I'm going to say. I didn't really even have to say anything. But there was a life that was so well lived for Jesus Christ that we just celebrated his goodness. See, God has given you an opportunity to make a difference just like Joshua. And what you begin to do today will shape who you are tomorrow. So today, um, here's how we're going to end. I mean, if you're facing a fear that is impossible, I'm going to ask you to do something for me. If you're facing a, a fear or you're facing a struggle or you're facing something that's out there that, that kind of is overwhelming you tonight, I'm going to ask you to take action. And really, the only thing I'm going to ask you to do is to stand up. And if you, in a minute, can't stand up in this place, I don't know where else you could stand up. Because the only thing that we want to do when you stand up is I want to pray over your fear. And I want to pray God's faith over you and his favor. And I want you to believe, just like God told Joshua, I am with you just like I was with Moses. The promise is for you and for you and for you and for me. So here's the great news tonight. I'm already standing up. <laughs> but if you have a fear, or if you have a struggle, or if you have a worry, or if there's something that you're just burdened with tonight, it's kind of kept you from being all that God wants you to be, um, would you be willing just to stand right now, wherever you are, whatever it is? Thank you. Thank you. cool thing. Just look around the room. You're not alone. I don't know about you, but I've felt alone many times. You're just not alone. So tonight, Father, you see your children that are standing. You see our struggles and our humanity that stands before you. And as the psalmist would say, God, we, we come tonight and, and we stand and we cry out to you. We ask that in this moment, God, that you would speak faith and hope and peace over their fear in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask, God, that right now I know many times it's not as easy as just taking a step. But, Father, you've told us that, that when we consecrate ourselves, when we give ourselves over to you, when we entrust our lives to you, when we give you everything, that you show up in unbelievable ways in the midst of fear and circumstances and darkness. So, God, I ask that you would bring light to the darkness right now. I ask that you would bring your presence and by your Holy Spirit, would they step out in faith? God, I pray for some tonight that they would conquer their fears, not in their 
human strength, but God, by your power and your spirit that works in and through them, that you would give them grace and strength to make it through another day. And God, for those of uh, of us that are standing that are on the edge tonight, that really know that you are calling us to something greater, I pray that right now, God, that you would just help us take a step in and understand that is actually where we meet you because you meet us in the midst of pain and fear and you meet us, God, when we move toward you. So I just pray for every person in this room that's standing right now. I thank you that they chose to stand. I thank you that, God, you love them. And I thank you that your promises are just as real for them as they were for Joshua and for Moses. And I thank you that you are with them and you are for them. So, God, may we begin anew today in this new season in 2022. May we step out and experience you. May we step in to community and life that you have given us the opportunity to step into. And then, God, may we step up and be the people you have called us to be. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the story of Joshua. Thank you for his courage and his strength. But thank you for his fear. Because, God, when we have fear, we feel fear. And when we have courage, we feel fear. (laughs) But I thank you that he trusted in you and he stepped forward. So tonight, God, as we close... May we just sing from a heart that is filled that we're no longer slaves to fear because we are a child of the living God who loved us and sent his son to die for us and redeem us and give us hope. And so tonight we thank you and we pray all of this in Jesus' powerful name. And everybody said amen and amen.